You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Michelle, welcome back. Thanks, Mel. Good to be back. Feels like ages since we've done this and then not so long since we've done this. Yeah, I think this is probably the first episode that we've recorded since I was with you in Australia, right? I think so, yes. So since late November. So yeah, that's a little while because we are in the second week of January as we record this. (laughs) Well, dear listeners, welcome back to you. Welcome to season seven. We're thrilled to be here and we are super excited to share, announce that Michelle is publishing a book. I am. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We really want to introduce the book. It's being published officially on March 26th and will be available for purchase. So we're going to talk about it at a high level today and then do some deeper dives as we approach the publishing date. So Michelle, tell us a little bit about the book from a high level, The Leadership Compass. Why did you have to write this book? So. I want to go back by revisiting the way I tell people what I do. And this is part of the work that I do with women, with leaders, around being able to present yourself, introduce yourself memorably and powerfully. And I always say, when people say to me, what do you do, Michelle? My mission is to close the global leadership gender gap. And the way that I do that is through three kind of pillars of activity. First is fix the system. So fix the system that puts barriers in the way of women and other underrepresented people accomplishing and achieving their full potential. The second part of what I do is I help women navigate the system. And I've always said I want to be like a human compass or a human GPS for women because I've got a lot of experience. I've been on the earth a little while. I've been in corporate, the corporate world for a long time and at very senior and now board level roles. So I want to use all of my wisdom, my experience to help women navigate their careers successfully. And then the third thing I do is I'm a very fierce advocate for women's rights and particularly across the realms of sport and how might we use the learnings from sport and apply them to business. So that's the three things. So When I was first approached to write a book, and I'll be honest, Mel, I had exactly the same reaction as many people have, many women have, which is me. I don't have anything to say, really, which of course is ridiculous because I have a lot to say. You've all heard me having a lot to say. So I did. I had that, "Mm, I don't know if I've got anything, blah, blah, blah. Two and a half years down the track, I won't go through all the gory details. I'd made the decision for a range of reasons and many of them very, very strategic to write the book. And when the publishers were discussing with me what the market needed, it was most definitely around being that navigation instrument for women. So Compass became kind of a central point and leadership is obviously everything that we do. So the Leadership Compass was born and the title came a little bit after I'd started writing because I needed to kind of find a rhythm. But yeah, it's a book for women at all career stages to help them navigate this world of work and career, leadership, power. So that's what it is. Why I've written it? 
There are many reasons why, but I've got to say that you have been one of the catalysts for that, Mel, because I remember you saying to me, it was probably a couple of years ago, where are all the damn business books by women? And it's just, and I remember you lamenting and we were going, yeah. And I started to look, I thought, I'm just going to figure out how many women have written business books. And a statistic jumped out at me from 2020, which was the top 200 business books 172 were written by men. And I went, what? Went, Mel's right. So that's one of the reasons is because I'm a really good businesswoman. I know a lot about business. I can write a business book. So I'm writing a business book to represent women. That's just one of the reasons. And of course, the other one is to help close the gap, this yawning gender gap. Yes, we're making inroads, but my God, the pace is glacial. So I want to help women navigate these workplaces, but I want to have leaders at all levels also pay attention to this book because there's stuff in there that can be really helpful to help close the gap. In other words, remove the barriers for women. And the other, I think the most powerful one for me is something that I've kept very close to myself for probably 10 years when I first started wrestling with what do I want to be in the world. I want to be in the world what I needed when I was 25, when I was 30, when I was 35 and really starting to climb the leadership ladder. I didn't have women to look up to. There weren't a lot of women. I didn't have relatable women to look up to and learn from until much later in my career. So I want to be her. I want to be what I needed and be relatable. And, you know, let's face it, I also talk about a lot of my epic fails through my career, which is the way I've learned and I want other women to learn from that. So that's kind of the a bit of a mashup of all of the whys. Well, and I am so lucky to be behind the scenes and I got to read an advanced uh, copy of the book. So I know what's coming to you readers and it's really important. One of the things that I really loved that you did was you talked to a bunch of different CEOs, you asked them to provide input and advice for the readers that fall into several different areas of leadership skills. So one thing I want to ask you today is, what's one of your favorite nuggets from one of those contributing CEOs and why? Oh, there's two that stand out. One is from Dr. Sonia Hood, who's the, she's the CEO of an organisation called Community Hubs here in Australia. And she's also the first woman president of one of our major football clubs, North Melbourne Football Club. And I am paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but basically her advice is get clear about what you want, start making a plan, start networking, because the bloke in the chair next to you is already doing that and he's already positioning himself. So be ambitious, be out there, kind of really step up because the blokes are doing it already. So that's one. And as I said, I've, I've mangled that quote a little bit. And then the one, I mean, there were so many because there's just, I had so many awesome women contribute. But, you know, the other one that has stood out for me in a couple of different formats because is from Nikki Scriven, who Mel, you and I have lots to do with under her banner of Chief Medichicks. But, Nikki's given so much great advice, both for the book and, and at our summit, our Legis or Summit here in Australia last year. And one of the things she said is start leading, not operating. And that's a re- built around a whole things of you've got to know your numbers, you've got to know people, you've got to know strategy, but lead, not operate. So it's the 
get off the dance floor onto the balcony because if you're stuck down on the dance floor or in the weeds, you're not leading. So I love both of those because they're really asking women to take actionable advice. Here's that action to take. Because of course we get told a lot of stuff and what I didn't want to be was another book telling women how to fix themselves because they don't need fixing. I'm very clear about that. In fact, there's a chapter in the book about I'm not fixing women and nor should you. But those two in particular gave really, you know, those two pieces of very actionable advice. And then I build on that to say, and here's how you do that. So it's the how you do it is what I wanted it to be is a real, okay, I've got to go and do an X, Y, Z. I'll just go to that chapter in the book and I'll remind myself what the advice is, Michelle, all these amazing women CEOs have told me to do. Okay, Michelle, I'm about to ask you to do something that's really challenging. So you know that in, I don't know, a month or so, we're going to do some deep dive episodes into the three main areas of leadership that you talk about in the leadership compass. But today, I want to ask you to just give us a a snappy, high-level overview (laughs) of all three of them. Like, tell us what they are and maybe just short explanation and why each one matters. Yeah, and it's a challenge, leaders, because, you know, I'm not short on words. Brevity is not my friend. But anyway, I'm going to give it a go. I've actually written it out because I knew I'd, I'd have to keep it snappy. BQ plus BQ plus SQ is the advancing women formula. And leaders who have and demonstrate all three of these skill sets are going to be the most sought after leaders in the 21st century organization. What is BQ? It's business intelligence. And that is the leader who gets results and it rests on the competencies associated with business strategic and financial acumen. Yes, I've got thumbs up going everywhere on my screen for some reason. And that means this is a leader who knows how to lead for outcomes and contributes to the organisation meeting its strategic and financial goals. High EQ leaders are crystal clear about how they show up and they have clarity about what they cause, what their behaviours and their actions cause, who they're in service of, and they consistently deliver positive outcomes for people and organisations. Social intelligence, which is the SQ, this is the leader who uses a wide range of competencies, including their BQ and their EQ skills, along with confidence, credibility and courage to develop and leverage strategic relationships and have a very powerful professional brand. So we're going to unravel it just a little bit. So business intelligence, social intelligence, emotional intelligence. Now for Listeners who've been with us for a long time, some of this will resonate. What I know is that you've been working on this for a long time. You've had the business intelligence sort of model in your work for many, many years. And you and I work on things that build on the foundation of, in particular, Susan's work, No Ceiling, No Walls. So talk to us just a little bit in particular on building from the missing 33%, which we've discussed on the podcast many times from Susan Colantuno's No Seeing No Walls to today, business intelligence from the leadership compass. Yeah, so it's a build. And the backstory around this is, is, as you know, Susan and I have known each other for nearly a decade. Uh, Her book, No Ceiling, No Walls, as Mel said, has been my business Bible and my way of 
really helping women elevate their readiness for leadership positions of greater authority. So with this book and with my formula, what I've done is built on that. So it's contemporized it. So it's brought it up to 2023 because Susan wrote the book in 2010 from memory. So it's brought a whole bunch of that stuff around business intelligence, put some more contemporary views on it and also added my own flavor in it. Susan's described it beautifully in the foreword as like, like an, an oyster creates a pearl. She had the pearl and there's been some extra layers of sand and there's now some extra layers around business intelligence. So I've really added some other skills in there and asked readers and leaders to take a new look at that. But the, the guts of it is the same. This is the missing link still for women. They are not given career advice that focuses on developing and demonstrating business intelligence. They're not given enough career advice. What I've done, though, is I've branched down into two areas, which EQ has been a significant part of my personal development for the last 20 years. And I've used my own learning, the work of Dr. Daniel Goldman, and the research that I've done around the importance of high EQ leaders. And I want to really smash that together much more overtly with business intelligence, because one can't happen without the other. And then the third part, I would say, is my absolute strength, which is the social intelligence. And this is the ability to be all of that, to have a very very strong business strategic and financial acumen, be a very in tune, emotional, high EQ leader, but be able to present that to the world. You've got a really strong brand. You're really, really good at networking. And long-term listeners will know that I am famous, infamous for saying networking is working. It is such a key skill. And you know what? It is a skill that can be learned. And I really go into that in a lot of detail in the book because I did not like networking. I was not good at it. And my career could have been derailed as a result. So it's super important to look at these books. And in the programs that I'll be running, I'll be using Susan's book and my book for all of my participants because they are so designed to meld together and be complementary and a build on each other. Wonderful. Okay. So where can our listeners learn more about the Leadership Compass and uh, some of the fun stuff that you've got going on leading up to the book publication and the quarterly boot camps? Yeah, so the best place to go is michelleredfern.com. So that's where you'll find me. And there's one of the tabs along the top of the screen is called books. Yes, it's books because I will write another one because I've enjoyed this process so much. And there you can sign up for the Leadership Compass community, which is where I'll be shooting out details in advance to my community, my book community about what I'm doing, what I'm working on, resources, stuff that's not going to be available to the general public. So they can sign up there. And there's also links to a couple of the major booksellers where you can do pre-orders. Wonderful. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us about the Leadership Compass today, Michelle? Well, Mel, I'm actually going to say that I'm enormously proud of myself. And again, we as women, we're told to dial it down and play kind of a a smaller game. I'm not. I'm super proud of myself. I'm also super, super thankful that I've had you and Susan in my corner as 
confidants and bouncing ideas off and really encouraging me to do this. Both of you just went, yes, that's such a great idea when when I said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to write the book. So I am proud of myself. I learned a lot doing it, including how good I am at writing. And I have had some great feedback from people who read the book. One bit in particular stands out to me. The person said, Michelle, it was like your voice was in my head. I could just hear your voice all the way through it. So yeah, I feel really good about it. And I'm so glad that it's, I think it's going to be really useful for women and all people who lead people. Well, I'm really proud of you too. And I'm grateful that you made the time to write the book and make it happen. I'm grateful that this is going to be a resource for our members and all of the women that we work with to tap into. And finally, thank you for doing a little modeling for us of authentic and gracious self-promotion. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Mel. All right. Until next time, thank you for joining us. And if you're looking for more episodes or to connect with us inside the Lead to Soar network, find information at leadtosoar.com. Bye, Michelle. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to SOAR.